We're the Mario Brothers, and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others, we get all the fame. If you're sick and in trouble, you can call us on the double. But faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh! <laughs> <laughs> hooked on the brothers. Yo, you're in for a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats. You'll meet Koopas, the Troopas, the Princess, and the others. Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers. To the bridge! I say who 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 Don't the brothers, the brothers, the brothers Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 57, and we're recording this on Saturday, December 7th, 2013. I'm your host, Stephen, or as I know on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And uh, with us, we have my co-host, Joe. Hello. How's it going, Joe? Good. And we have a special guest, Roy Koopa64, or as he's known on the, in real life, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> on the real life. <laughs> yep, Eric here. Welcome, Eric. Good to be here. Uh, you know, we've missed you, man. You you haven't been on the podcast since episode 23. Yep, it's been uh, almost two years now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, you were off having a real life and, uh, <laughs> you know, starting a family, I think, and um, well, yep. not that I think I know. Um, <laughs> in other words, you're you're helping do the world a favor by creating more Nintendo fans. So That's right. <laughs> a big thanks from Satoru Iwata for that. Is, that. is that the only way we can do it these days? It's just... <laughs> Pretty much, it's a. Uh, let's be honest. He's indoctrinating young children uh, yep. into Nintendo by uh, at the birth level. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, I I have that phase in my life probably coming up. But um, Joe, you're uh, you're probably the next one though. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows. Um, I thought you know Nintendo's plan of getting the the elderly into it wasn't working successfully. Uh-huh. So he got to start just at the the, other At the way. beginning of life, yeah. Very yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. But uh, today uh, we're going to have a nice final podcast of the year, and um, it's broken down into some very simple sections. We're going to talk about some now playing on some of the big games that came out last month, and then we're going to move into a shorter version of box art trivia to test Eric's skills on uh, if he ever pays attention to the boxes that he opens and. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to talk about our Game of the Year's uh, games we've played this year, that kind of discussion, and just see where it goes from there, because we all have lists that are like a billion games in length. So, uh, that said, let's jump right in. Eric, what is the, the big game you've been playing? Let's just go with that. Yes, uh, as many Nintendo fans should be aware of, we had a new Mario game come out recently, uh, Super Mario 3D World, and... Once I started playing that, I've been pretty much playing nonstop. Uh, I've beaten the game, uh, seen the game's credits, and going. even after that, I just wanted to keep going, trying to go for 100%. Um, so it is, I have to say right now, it is my favorite Wii U game um, easily, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. I think I've logged in about 
24 hours now. Um, just going for 100% uh, completion. Um, I've seen most of the levels. There's a staggering amount of levels in this game. Uh, even after you see the credits, there's more more levels more. that will keep uh, popping up. And if you played the previous Mario games, you know there's usually these challenge levels that open up uh, once you finish the main game, and uh, this game has plenty of that. So um, that's good so to think, hear. Yeah, because uh, I've been working my way through. I'm middle of uh, World Six, and I feel like I'm kind of getting through them quickly. Mm -hmm. Like there's not that many levels per per section, uh, not as many per se as uh, Super Mario World itself. And um, so to hear that there's a lot more content, it's just making me want to rush to that goal even yeah. faster just to unlock it all. And it honestly surprised me because I, mean, I knew there were going to be some some uh, new levels at towards the, uh, after you beat the game, but uh, you'll be surprised at what they throw at you. So <laughs> Is there a dark world I should know about or something? Uh, <laughs> uh, not exactly. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the game overall... It, uh, it's been just fantastic. Uh, um, I wouldn't, of course, it's hard to say this is a perfect game, but it's definitely one of my favorite games I've ever played. And uh, just the overall creativity that Nintendo puts into every level, and uh, every level is different. And even though Super Mario Galaxy was one of my uh, favorite games from the past generation, there's still so much that Nintendo can explore with the Mario games, and I think they've done an excellent job with that here. Um, first of all, the new power-ups, the cat suit is just so much fun to use. It's, it really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just introduces a lot of uh, new uh, abilities for Mario and for the other characters, that, and the way they integrate it with the levels uh, just opens up a lot of possibilities. Mm -hmm. So... It is a little, this game is a little bit on more on the linear side, uh, as opposed to like, uh, well, Super Mario 64, for example, where you had the open world. Um, so it, it does go to the Super Mario 3D land formula in a way, but I do think there's a little bit more exploration here, a little, some bigger worlds than 3D land had, and, uh, that, the, like the Katsu really, uh, accentuates that, so. Yeah, there's a level I just experienced, which was in one of the trailers back in the day, um, so it's not quite a spoiler to discuss, but uh, it's kind of like a roaming savanna. Yeah. And you come up, and the cat suit's prominent in it, and you can do a lot in there. In fact, I kept wondering if I was, if I don't, if I hugged one side, would I be missing something on the other side? So I tried to explore it all. You didn't have that kind of range of movement, really, in most levels in Super Mario 3D Land. Right. And um, so that was kind of neat, and... and the lighting was really beautiful. I mean, not to dive into oh. the graphics just yet, but they're really splendid. And uh, but the cat suit's been been a total blast. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel it cheapens things by allowing you to climb up walls, which some people, uh, you know, have made points to say. But the fact that you're limited in how high you can climb, the adorableness of how you slide back down if you don't make it, <laughs> um, brings almost like a cartoon cat feel to it. And uh, it's it's been quite a charming power up more so than yeah. other uh powers which might be powerful but don't have that kind of charm that that mario kind of uh would want you to have joe how do you feel about the uh, the new power up oh um it's really good i'm still uh i'm still really getting used to it um so my background with the game is i've only played i played two sessions at the old man from zelda's house and so uh, cave okay <laughs> yeah. 
You know, he literally on his fridge, uh, it has written like it's dangerous to go alone, take the or something like that. One of those quotes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I probably played about maybe five hours total, something like that. Uh, I think we just got to World Five, I want to say. But um, yeah, I'm still getting used to the cat suit and exactly how to like use it to my advantage. You know what I mean? Like this might sound really lame of me, but I'm like just starting to incorporate that little uh, jump attack pounce or the yeah okay the dive the dive thing. Yeah, Yeah. once you're in the air, yeah. Um, which which is helping a lot. So yeah. Well, that that's a tricky one to do. I was just gonna say because uh, when you do that, you're kind of on a trajectory that you can't necessarily break out of. Mm. So, and then this game does lack the 3D uh, view that you get with the 3D land game. You know, you're not actually seeing it in 3D like you would want to. And I kind of miss that because it's hard to tell where you're actually going to be landing when you pounce. Yes. So sometimes it's kind of a risk-reward situation if you want to make a certain jump and you just kind of hope you're going to make it. And I definitely, you know, failed a level uh, a couple times, lost a few lives for that. But If I could relate my my one real complaint about this game is that, yeah, I find it very difficult, actually, to know exactly where you are in, in that 3D space, which is odd for me because I've played a lot of 3D Mario and not really had this problem before. But, like, both of us, both Lou and myself... You know, we would just sometimes literally just like walk off the edges of things because we thought, you know, we just didn't really understand where we were in that space. Um, I don't know. It's just surprising. Did you guys, have you guys experienced? I think it's because you have a fixed camera in a 3D space. And so with it not moving, you have less of a frame of reference to where you are to objects, you know. It could be. But you can rotate the camera. It does have limited uh, options, though, for where you can move it to. With what, the uh, the right joystick? Yeah, with the right, if you're playing with the gamepad or the classic controller, the right stick. Yeah. I should uh, I should try with the classic controller. I think that'd be easier to for my thumb to switch to that than, for some reason, using but it on the gamepad. But. There is a caveat there. Uh, some of the stages don't allow you to move the camera, so you're kind of stuck mm-hmm. in that, but right. others do. So. Yep. Is that also in multiplayer? That's that. a good question, because I haven't played much multiplayer, so I'm not sure. Okay. I have played multiplayer, but I don't remember trying it. So, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, my girlfriend finds the game amazing. So she was gonna just wait till I was finished with mine, and and she doesn't really want to do that. She's thinking of dropping the sixty bones for it. <laughs> I do want to mention. I think uh, uh, I when you said that you're kind of stuck on the trajectory when you do the cat dive move, mm-hmm. I have found that. Either early on in that move, uh, or there's just there is a way to cancel out of it, so you're not stuck. And I'd say you're diving off the edge. You you can still save mm, yourself. Right. And I think I've done that a few times, but it's one of those things where I'm diving towards an edge, and yeah, I can try to break out of it once I've passed the edge, you know. But I oh. won't know until it's too late, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that does have something to do with uh, the fact that the camera's fixed because. Um, I guess, like, okay, you know, when you close one eye, for instance, you know, you lose that peripheral vision to an extent. I mean, obviously, we can, our brains can fill in the gaps because we've experienced various objects. But when you move, even with the one camera, I think it's just easier to kind of, you almost kind of can fake it. But uh, 
but if mm. you if if you're not moving at all, it's it's a much harder experience. Right, right. But the game's so fun. I'm not finding it to be uh, no lacking or right. anything. It it doesn't come into play enough. And I'm pretty sure Nintendo specifically designed their game to prevent that from being a hindrance. Oh, yeah. One other thing, real quick. Since we're talking about the camera, mm-hmm. um, there is another option uh, because if you're using the right stick to rotate the camera while you're playing, that you know, have to take your pink thumb off the jump button or the run button, wherever you're using, and that kind of hinders your gameplay. So there is an option if you're playing with the gamepad. Uh, I think in one of the corners of the screen that you just touch it and it'll let you move the camera by tilting the gamepad while you're playing. So, hmm. and I tried it a little bit. It kind of works, but I don't use it that often. Yeah. But that, 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 it's there. I guess it depends on how much each individual, you know, gamer moves when they play games because it's so funny to watch certain people play mm-hmm. who just don't even realize they're moving the, the system or the controller. And, uh, so I guess you have to be conscious of that. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to mention that, like, while we were playing it, you know, I tried to avoid seeing too many trailers or too many, you know, games that were breaking down the new, the new, um, aspects of, of the game. I tried to go into it fresh, you know, and I just am so pleasantly surprised by all just the little creative touches in pretty much every level. Like, there's always, there's just always something that while we were playing, we were just like, Wow, you know, I've never, like, we were just, we'd never seen something quite like that in a Mario game before. And I just think it's amazing how, certainly when this game was revealed at E3, I think a lot of people, you know, just kind of thought it looked like, you know, like maybe they were starting to sort of run out of new ideas. But, I mean, I think of any of the games in recent memory, this this one really illustrates that they are far from out of ideas, which is almost ridiculous, like how much new stuff they can figure out to do in these games. I mean, we were doing some levels that, um, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to describe the level too much, but, uh, basically, you know, it's almost like those like tilt games, you know, like where you're trying to get the, uh, like the marble and stuff. Yeah. 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 Right. Like you're trying to get the marble in the hole. So like, but in this, it's just the, um, you know, whatever sort of plane you're on just tilts in, all directions based on the weight that's on it. Uh, and so especially in two player multiplayer, you know, you've got two weights that are changing that object. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was just really amazing to, uh, experience that and try to like work together to try to figure out the optimal way. Like, okay, like if, if I stay still and then you move, then that end of the plank will be high enough for you to then make that next jump and, uh, I don't know. It was really fun. And there was, there's even, there's even a couple of times where we just, uh, I don't know, where we were just like little kids because we were just blown away. Like something really surprising would happen and something that we just weren't expecting at all. Uh, and I don't know. It's, it's really pleasantly surprising to be able to still get that, uh, feeling from a new Mario game. Yeah. When my girlfriend and I were playing, uh, you know, that was my only multiplayer experience. We were, uh, we were quite in awe and just, I mean, I was kind of repeating some of the levels. We, cause we started fresh with her and I was already through like world, at least with the first two worlds. So together we played through those again and she was finding everything to be just kind of amazing and, and she was having so much fun. And, uh, 
she was really getting into competing with me for points. Uh, I was just going to ask you about and that. taking the crown from me if I earned it uh, and yeah. stuff like that. And um, yeah, that that's an example of a little touch that Nintendo didn't have to do. They didn't have to put it in the crown that you get to walk around with, um, depending on if you beat the last level or not. But they did, and that just ups the uh, the uh, you know competitiveness of. Mm-hmm. And and yet it's 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 amazing how Nintendo can marry. Co- cooperative gameplay with, um, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, competitive competitive gameplay. Well, I was going to ask, did you have to find yourself? Uh, well, so what was your response? Did it make you more competitive with her, or were you still just kind of like, I don't care, you can have the crown, or it whatever? It made me just want to give her the crown. <laughs> yeah, okay. but but then um, I would accidentally—I I swear it was accidental—but I would constantly end up picking her up, and then I would just throw her, and <laughs> I definitely hurt her a few times that way. Uh, throwing mm-hmm. her like right into a prana's face, prana plant's mm-hmm. face. Well, I think that Erica should play with Lou because um, I think Lou, uh, e- even though these this game is supposed to be like that that balance you mentioned between co-op and competitive, I think for him it's like ninety eight percent competitive, two percent cooperative. <laughs> like there's that time we were on the plank, and then everything else is. <laughs> No, that's an exaggeration. But uh, but yeah, Lou Lou's really digging the competitive aspect, and I think he'll be the first one to tell you. So, mm. but he was he crushed me at like every every level. He he like always had more points than I did. I think he was using Toad, mm-hmm. and so I think he was able to get to everything faster. You know, which I is important. You I know, don't for know points. If, I don't think Erica and him could uh, could play together then because she's her main's Toad. Uh, they would fight over it. Well, that'd be the first thing they'd compete over. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Eric, uh, do you have any experience um, like playing with your wife or anything, uh, or friends with this game? Oh, actually, May and I we did play a little bit uh, two player, and we had a we had some fun. Is uh, we just completed the first world, and um, she hasn't had a, hot, a lot of time to play uh, Nintendo recently, but um, so we, we enjoyed it. It's a good for two player experience. It, it seems like. Um, and just listening to you guys and actually seeing what has been posted in the game discussion thread, um, it sounds like the with two players it's more fun, but if you get to four players it starts to get a bit more chaotic and less mm-hmm. fun, much mm-hmm. like what uh, New Super Mario Brothers was like. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys played with that many people. or Rarely was it four, but I played with yep. three quite a bit, and, and that can be tricky too. I mean, it was bad enough that my nephew would constantly speed through levels, and I'd get stuck between the wall and the, uh, um, you know, and just an object, and then uh, I'd have to mm-hmm. die and then go into a bubble and whatever. Um, yeah. But with three people, it's even crazier. Yeah. Uh, well, but it, now, is there any real penalty for running out of lives? We ran out of lives once, and it just gave me five more lives. No, I don't think so. Then okay. I think that would I don't be think it. So. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe a star, you know, like that kind of like the marker at the. Uh, Okay. Um, thing which I already ruined up because there was one level that I just kept mistaking a jump or something, and so I ended up getting that lovely, uh, you know, assist button. And I didn't use uh, it, but I think mm-hmm. in some games, you know, when it just shows up, then you don't get the full mm-hmm. uh, thing, which is kind of a bummer because that discourages you to keep trying a certain level and just otherwise, if you if you really were anal about it and you wanted to get that stupid little star in your file, you'd have to back out. And go play a different level, and then come back. Right. Uh, so why penalize you for seeing it? Um, right. Yeah, I tried. To, we we got that on one of the levels last night, and 
Lou just like ran up to it and was like, hey, what's this? And I was like, no, don't touch it. <laughs> but yeah, the damage may have already been done at that point. You could have maybe reset. I don't, well, I, I don't think he cares, obviously. No, so and it's not a big in deal, the but. end, I mean, I think as, as we get older too, uh, me anyway, uh, I stop worrying about that stuff more and more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's it really Well, mean? I was, while we were playing last night, I was like, why, you know, I kind of had that feeling that a lot of people I think have had, which is like, well, why did we even have lives in these games anymore? Like, why don't, why isn't it just infinite? But I guess at the very least, if you do have four people and things are getting really hectic and, you know, the propensity to die just becomes that much higher, um, I think it maybe is good that they still have the lives because then there is some incentive. Because if you run out of lives, you're not going to, you're not going to respawn. And then you're kind of like in timeout for the rest of the level, right? So I actually think that's probably a pretty decent way to at least um, supply some incentive to making sure that you're trying to stay alive so that, you know, at the very least, you're the one who gets to uh, keep playing if if your team is starting to run out of lives. So, yeah, so I guess I guess I should keep it in. But I even with two players, it, it gets a little hectic. I imagine with four, it's probably just insane, but hopefully in a fun way. It's an interesting concept, though, the, the idea of lives in modern-day platformers, especially when games like Super Meat Boy have come out and Bit Trip Runner and stuff like that, because uh, those games don't penalize you for it. And it's weird. I, I still would argue that Mario should have lives. Hmm. Um, yes, it's true that it doesn't matter if you run out of them, but it's almost like a challenge in itself to to try to collect 99 lives, and uh, and it gives worth to uh, collecting coins, and I don't know. It, you can't if, if you strip it of that just to go with the modern day kind of uh, advancements, I guess, in, mm. in design. You would be stripping it of what's made you know Mario what it is uh, since the beginning, and I don't think it hurts it to have it, especially because you can just continue. Yeah, I still get excited when I find a, a green one up mushroom. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say even if it's not, even if it at this point is almost artificial, I think you do. I don't know if we've just been conditioned to it over the years, but I think you just get excited, like when a green mushroom pops out and you, you know, now, start running after it or whatever. I forget who said it on uh, Radio Free Nintendo a couple weeks ago, but somebody mentioned that for multiplayer, they should do away with them, and I kind of agree with that uh. because. If someone loses all their lives during a level, then they're kind of they have to sit out for it. And I guess there's, you know, some sort of integrity with the idea of okay, well now they're out, so it's up to you. But at the same time, that just means you got someone sitting on the sidelines, uh, playing, you know, while their friend plays Mario. So why bother with lives at that point? I mean, still ha- uh, still have them, I guess. But why not make continues come back right in the middle middle of the level, or I don't know. Um, or maybe penalize you in a different way. Like, uh, maybe make it so you're only, like, mini Mario or something <laughs> to come back until the level, you know, is over. Sure, sure. I mean, I think it, at that point, it, you know, for, like, for, for di- differentiating based on the multiplayer now, I think it kind of depends on the skill levels of those players because, uh, like, as I said a few minutes ago, I think to still have that incentive is good because then it keeps everyone you know, trying as opposed to if I think with four player multiplayer, if the, if lives were infinite, 
there might be people might start getting lazy. People might start just being like, "Oh, I'll just throw myself off this cliff to get this green star, and it's no big deal." Um, and I think that would kind of take some of the fun out of it. But if you have, you know, that kind of situation where it's like you, your gamer cousin, and then like your two other relatives who never play games, and you're trying to play uh, 3D World around the holidays or something, then I guess in that situation, it might be good to have it be infinite so that every level doesn't become like, well, you and your friend finishing it, and then they just yeah. sit around getting frustrated. Uh, but really, I think that's the only distinction. Because I, I think if you had people who were at least, you know, somewhat competent in the games, I do, I think I do like the finite lives because it, because it keeps some meaning in it. Well, then why not make it an option? You know, because you, yeah, you make a great sure. point. So, Absolutely. Uh, maybe a little switch for, uh, you know, they can call it like grandma mode. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that would go over well. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, find grandpa mode. Let's not make they, this sexist here. They'd, they'd find something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toadsworth uh, mode. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Mario, Eric? Uh, just that is just an amazing game. I've, I've just every level is has these amazing visuals, the lighting, the colors, and the music as well. Um, yep. I think a lot of the music's orchestrated now, right? So. Yeah, I think um, there's there's a. I don't think it all is. Uh, right. You're saying that, but um, but a, a lot of it is. And right. And. I think it's better than Mario 3D Land's music, yep. which I realized after listening to it recently in, in recent months uh, was good, but kind of, well, I mean, Mario can be repetition in general, but uh, but not as good as I remembered it. So I'm liking it more here. And uh, we did one of those levels with the, you know, the blocks that change on the beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the background music was this like techno funk thing. <laughs> and oh man, it was so good. Like I didn't want the level to end. I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. How would uh I know Joe you haven't played as much as uh me or Eric, but how would you guys Eric first um put it with other Mario games? Because um, Eric said it's his favorite Wii U game, which is a pretty uh kind of easy decision in, in many respects. Right. Um but what about the Mario series as a whole? It's hard to compete with Galaxy, I'll have to say, <laughs> because that <laughs> game had an amazing soundtrack, Galaxy One and Two. Um but it rank pretty close to that. I think that uh, 3D World and the Galaxy games are probably my favorite Mario soundtracks. Uh, well, and then just going back to the older ones, uh, probably Super Mario World had one of my favorite uh, 16-bit from this, from that era of games, one of my favorite soundtracks. So I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how it ranked, but it's pretty high up there. Well, what about uh, in terms of the overall game? Oh, the overall game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh I mean, and not top, to dive in. That could be a whole different right, discussion. Right, but it but... could be top top three, I think. Okay, all right. <laughs> and that's kind of... Oh, sorry, go. I'll, I'll let Joe answer first, then I'll get into that. Oh, yeah, just... Uh, it's really tough to say, because I think... The, even though I love, really love the multiplayer and the, like, craziness that goes along with it, I think the games like Galaxy that have that emphasis on single player will always edge out that experience just a little bit. Um, which... Yeah, it's a little weird for me because I just, I love co-op, but, um, yeah, I think with Mario, sometimes it gets a little bit too hectic, and I, I like that more, um, purposeful gameplay experience. Like, I like really diving into all the little gameplay mechanics and, and things like that, and I think sometimes 
you kind of have to glaze over them a little bit in multiplayer, depending on what the specific mechanic is. So, yeah, but it's absolutely up there. You both make great points, um, which makes it harder for me to actually make a decision. And, and I don't think I really can right now. Uh, it, it might be top three, but um, I, but I, they are different experiences. Um, even though I'm playing this Mario mostly single player, Joe is right that it's it's designed with multiplayer in mind. So you're you're not going to get an experience that's even in, in just subtle ways tailored to the to the first player experience. And I think that next I would probably want a Galaxy type game coming out mm-hmm. because I think they would be different. I think that'd be great to have them both in the same generation. I think they both have their place. And uh, and with this game specifically though, I'm loving the hell out of it. And um, I can't wait to unlock more and find gold, uh, gold or not gold, green stars, gold coins, stamps, uh, uh, everything. So it, it's it's a fantastic. It's a total win, and I hope you know Nintendo does sell a lot of consoles uh, for it. Seriously. Yep. But uh, moving forward, we uh, we have Joe who's been playing a particular game, obviously Mario, but you've been playing something else. Yeah, pretty much the only other thing, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we did a whole episode on Pokemon uh, X and Y just recently. But um, first, I'll I basically just like two things I want to comment on. Um, first of all, I you know I I, I beat the um, Elite Four and the Champion, so I'm in the post game uh, area, and I finally got to try out what you know I thought was the remnants of the online co-op, which was, I knew that you couldn't play with other people um, cooperatively, uh, at least if it's possible. I haven't found anyone who's figured it out exactly. Um, these things can be a little convoluted sometimes. But so uh, what I had heard you could do is play the co-op with like a computer uh, version of your friends. Um, and so what I thought was that the game would take their most recent lineup of Pokemon and then like put them in your game. And then it would just sort of like artificially run the intelligence on their Pokemon. And it would be like, you're playing with, if not them, the Pokemon that they crafted. And I thought that would be, you know, a reasonable substitute, at least, at least more fun than just going through those, um, sort of battle points, uh, awarding sections on your own. Um, but when I finally got there, it turns out that, it's it's really even way less cool than that because uh, all the game does is it takes your friend's name and even if they've played Pokemon X or Y, it just randomly generates like an avatar for them and then randomly generates some Pokemon and then you would play along with them. That is, which is disappointing <laughs> to hear. <laughs> very disappointing, right? It's like, I uh, just... There are some things I officially with this game like there's Pokemon X and Y it is officially one of those games where like in some of the steps forward it's like wow this is amazing this is what I've been waiting for for years they finally get it in like this one area but then there's just these other areas where it's like I just I don't know what they were thinking so that's how uh, I feel about the Pokemon series in general I do love it but every yeah. game has yeah. two step forward Two yep. steps forward, one step back. Yep. So they are progressing, but not yep. ever just... Yeah. They, they don't always learn from everything. You, know, you think right. they would just... I don't know. Right. 
Right. It's very odd. And, you know, we mentioned last time how they introduce new features and they take features away. So, yeah. which is, which I, might happen next time with, uh, you know, depending on how the mega evolution thing carries over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we definitely. gave, we gave a lot of reasons for why that may not or how it could be different to be better. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're going to have to either keep up with the gimmick or, or remove it entirely. So it's, right. It's, uh, and, they're painting themselves into a corner with that, maybe. Right. And I will say, having gone through up to this point, I have done exactly zero mega evolutions. Actually, I think you have to do it once. Yeah. As part of the story, but that, that's it. So I do whenever I can just because, okay, now I can beat this guy easier, but I don't really need to. So I probably should stop. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't add too much. I mean, at, at the points where you use them, uh, you're, you probably can beat the enemy anyway. Yeah. With the same Pokemon. Some of them look cool. Like I saw the, Gardevoir, the Mega Gardevoir looks really awesome. So it's as we said before, I hope they just become like alternate branches of the evolution path. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, so that's the bad news. But uh, on the good side of it, obviously I'm enjoying the game enough that, uh, as you know, I try to try to catch them all, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I, out of 150 new Pokemon this generation, I, if my count is correct, I'm already at 136. So, and, and that last 14 or so is, I don't think going to be too hard other than like the last, um, one or two legendaries. I think I can get one more legendary in the game and then the other one is going to be the version specific legendary, which I don't know how I would ever get that until like Pokemon Z comes out because, uh, now that the hacking is at least more difficult or less common, um, or impossible, depending on who you talk to. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see those legendaries like up for trade on the global trading system or anything like that. So I'm probably going to be stuck at 149 for quite a while, but pretty good so far. And I'm very pleased with my progress and I'm enjoying the adventure. Great. Great. Yeah. I, uh, have not touched it since we last talked. Okay. Um, mainly cause, uh, work's been crazy and then, uh, some awesome games that we've already started discussing have, have come out and, definitely. and it's, uh, but it's there and I definitely will finish it, uh, in the next couple months here. Dude. And anytime you get back into it, if you're like, Oh man, I really want that Pokemon, but I don't want to spend two hours getting it. You just hit me up and I'll breed you one. You know, maybe, maybe what'll get me into it is, uh, looking at the roster on like Sarah mm-hmm. and picking out my own custom made, uh, team <laughs> that you can uh, yeah. breed for me. Absolutely. And uh, we can spend forever picking out nicknames and <laughs> and other stuff. Um, did did either of you guys see Dapper Dave's Nuzlocke challenge thread? I haven't looked into it because I've seen several other just people on the internet doing the Nuzlocke challenge. So I just I didn't I didn't feel the need to read one more. But um, no, what's going on? I mean, it it, it ended. Uh, oh, okay. You know, he yeah. um, did not succeed, but oh no, it was a. Uh, and actually, if I understand correctly, I think he kind of already had gone through the experience and then was posting it for our benefit. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if he was playing live as it, as it was going. Uh, he has a lot of graphics, so I think he spent a lot of time just kind of making it look really nice. And it's a cool thread yeah. for anyone who hasn't had a lot of experience with the Nuzlocke challenge. Um, even though he does fail, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I suppose, but. It's it's a interesting story, and and you kind of learn a lot about Pokemon from a different perspective of, of restricting yourself to that, and uh, and it's cool. And mm-hmm. would would either of you guys ever try that? 
Uh, I'm not sure I would try that. No. It seems pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah. I, I think it would take too much of what I find fun in the games out of it right, for right. me. So. But that said, I do find it fascinating to kind of uh, scan and read a little bit about other people's experiences. I think that I think oh, that's yeah. almost where I get the gratification from it is uh, as a story. It's like I'm watching or, yeah, or reading I, a episode of Pokemon. Like if yeah, someone, I definitely like seeing people do it. I definitely think it's pretty entertaining. What I think would be sweet um, is if, like, next time he does it, he or he or anyone um, does it like a narrative, which mm. I, he kind of does. But like reading a, an excerpt here, uh, he it's more like. It's from a uh, omniscient, you know, gamer perspective. So he's saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, I found this. Oh, it's Team Flare. I remember them from the, uh, you know, from the commercial or whatever." And, and he's kind of learning as he goes. But to tell it almost like from the character's perspective would be right. kind of sweet. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah. still, a uh, small shout out to uh, Dapper Dave for for just posting that for us. That was kind of a surprise thread. That was uh, I found entertaining. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. do not have the. Uh, the balls to do it, sir. So, uh, the Pokeballs, that is. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Eric, have you played Pokemon uh, X or Y very much? I have not played it at all. Okay, that explains your sound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to play it, but I haven't got to it yet. What was the last Pokemon game you've played? Uh, uh, the Black version. Okay. Not the, I, not, not the I haven't played uh, Black version 2. Or okay. This. Before this, that was the last one I played, but I stopped about midway and got very distracted. And I'm not sure I want to rush back. I wasn't really digging it as much as I, I thought. Black was great. Um, or what did I get? I think I got white, and then I got black, too. So I swapped colors. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Either way, Pokemon, uh, for all its you know pros and cons, uh, I'm glad it's around. Totally. Um, so I guess we can move on to the last game we'll mention here in the Now Playing uh, today, which is uh, the wonderful Zelda A Link Between Worlds. Nothing? Really? The wonderful <laughs> one, one oh No, the, uh, Zelda. the wonderful Seven Sages. <laughs> so uh, even though I know I asked you guys before the podcast, um, what's the experience level we have here? Uh Niche on uh, both, or nil. I have not played it. <laughs> okay, so I'm kind of going it alone here. All right, yeah. fair enough. Link does too. So I popped this game in. I had to wait actually a little bit to get it because I I wanted to get that little treasure chest that uh, that was that came with certain copies of the game, mm-hmm. and they never did it in America, as far as I know. Which all of us are Americans. They did it in Australia. They did it in parts of Europe, and then they did it in Canada. I happen to live very close to Canada, so I asked my buddy Plute to uh, to let me ship a copy to his house. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> wow. And so, uh, so that worked out for me, and, um, and so, you know, hung out with him for a bit uh, last week, actually, and, and finally obtained my, my game in my chest, and I have not been able to put it down since. It's actually been... Um, trumping Mario a little bit. And uh, and Animal Crossing, I feel bad. Those guys are being neglected a little bit. I'm trying to make time to to harvest some apples and stuff like that, but Zelda is too 
pure instilled or distilled uh, goodness. Um, it is essentially a sequel to A Link to the Past, but again, it's loose. It's a loose uh, sequel. Story-wise, I haven't seen much of a connection. In fact, it makes a lot more references to... Well, no, it makes references to A Link to the Past, but I mean, Ocarina of Time kind of had a lot of links to that Wind Waker. In terms of the sages and all that, I haven't tried looking at where it fits into the timeline, but it does take place in the same overworld as uh, Link to the Past, and I, for one, am okay with that because it looks beautiful. To see that world, which already looked great on the Super Nintendo, I mean, I played a little bit of that before uh, before I got the, the new game, and that hasn't aged badly at all. So to, to see this in kind of like a lush pseudo-3D uh, perspective and everything, it was quite a delight. And everything is generally where you'd expect it. And it's so silly just running through Kakariko Village, and even though it's it's designed the exact same way, even, even that little... Uh, in the lower left area, there's that uh, more or less a barn or like a shed that you can't really even get into without doing some certain things. That's there. The uh, blinds hideout, or at least where you go into uh, his hideout, is is right there. The windmill's the same, or or the uh, weather vane. That's the same place. And actually, the weather vanes are spread around the uh, the whole world right now because they're using a save feature. Pretty much, you can only save at those weather vanes, and mm-hmm. they, they're in strategic places. So I'm not finding myself being disappointed that I can't save when I want to or anything. And even at certain story moments, the game will say, "Hey, maybe you should save right now," and it's just random because it doesn't make any sense <laughs> in the context of the world. But um, so that hasn't been a problem. Get your ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 it does take a similar path as a link to the past. Um, in terms of story beats, and I, I find that okay, because I think Link to the Best had a lot of content, and it's pretty great to kind of get through, like, the first chunk of the story, and then, you know, the uh, the cuckoo poop gets real, and and then the whole world opens up uh, gloriously, and that's what happened in Link to the Past, and that's what happens here. Um, I don't... I'm, I'm not sure how much I should get into that dark world aspect of things. Um, I mean, ha- have you guys had any experience through the media with it? Um, I did read some of the game discussion thread, and uh, I know, like you mentioned, the dark world aspect to it. Um, but uh, I think the only thing that uh, I heard about that interested me was I try not to hear too much about it because I'll right. enjoy the game more oh, you uh, be going surprised. into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but the fact that you can go in dungeons out of order, is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Um, that like because you can like any rank. order, like right. completely out of order. Like some games you could do, like oh I'll switch up these, but in this game it's just totally up to you, right? Yeah. And okay, so I'll go into this then. It's not quite a. Uh, not, it's definitely not a spoiler, but you know how you've probably heard that you can rent items, and that's kind of how you get items. Mm-hmm. So from like a hammer, a lot of items, there are some new ones, but there's a, a lot of them are familiar to fans of the Zelda series in general. Those are all rentable shortly after a certain story happens, so a story moment. And you pretty much, you just pay rupees. You pay 20 rupees, 50 rupees to rent it, 100 rupees, and then you can just put in your slot and you have tons of slots and you only lose those once you die or if you, for some reason... um Actually, I haven't even tried it yet, but maybe if you 
return one, you get some rupees, so maybe you can then swap it with something else. But uh, but I just played around with my sword for a little while, exploring the world, and within a half hour or an hour, uh, and mostly doing story stuff, I ended up having enough rupees to rent everything, which makes you instantly powerful. Uh, but not necessarily in a bad way, because I would be kind of frustrated if I wasn't able to rent the bombs yet, but I keep seeing all these bombable areas that I have to now remember are there. And you may not need to go back to one part of the world ever again, but you have to remember to go back just to bomb that one area, and then, then it's just a chest with the rupees in it or something, you know? So I appreciate the fact that there was enough rupees to go around, and there's no wallet limits. Um, I mean, there is of some kind, but you start off with a four-digit counter. That definitely has gone over 2,000 for me without stopping. So it removes that restriction that other Zelda games have had. And even though I have died once or twice, and at that point, uh, the guy... I forget his name, that uh, that hooded dude who's renting things to you. He takes everything back. Um, it's kind of actually, like, douchey how they go about <laughs> it. He, he, he flat out tells you that, yeah, if you die, I'm just going to send my bird, and he's going to pick up my stuff, and I'm just going to leave you there. And, uh, and of course, the game just says, do you want to start back here or here or here? And uh, so it's not really like that. But, uh, but so the renting mechanic is almost pointless in a way, because you do have all these rupees to go around. But I do like having all these weapons at once, and that's making exploring the world even better, because I'm not at risk of missing something, or I have a chance to maybe collect more heart pieces, uh, like, right away. In in most Zelda games, I never do collect them all, because even when I notice one sitting on a ledge, I don't remember to come back. And so this kind of helps prevent that sort of thing. And even even sometimes you can't get to something still, and you can use markers that you can put on the map with the touchscreen to remember, uh, you know, where to go, and that's been awesome. They even have a three-color system, so red, blue, and yellow, and you just choose however you want, so there's a certain bonus thing, uh, items you can find, and I won't go into detail what they are, but there's a chance where that opens up, and so I mark on my uh, map with a yellow pin whenever I, I see one that I can't get, and then I'll, at some point I'll go back when, you know, the game's completed, and I'll be able to do that, and I can do the same thing with heart pieces, which could be red, or I can make blue to be uh, areas that I know can be unlocked later kind of thing. Um, so there's there's a lot of options in that regard, and it allows people to customize their experience. So that's cool. And when you get into Low Rule, which is the name of the Dark World, by the way, I don't know how you guys feel about that. High Rule and Low Rule. That was kind of strange when I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> such a bad joke that you just kind of mm-hmm. feel like, really, Nintendo? But... But I don't care. Low rules so awesome that uh, I could yeah. care less. Um, when you get there, just like in, in Link to the Past, it does show you all the dungeon locations, more or less. It just marks them on your map. It doesn't explain how to get into them or anything. Um, usually there are clues because the game works hard to prevent you from being unprepared. You pretty much can't get into a dungeon without the items that you need for it. So that's that's good. But yeah, when I when I was spitting to the, to the low rule... I just saw a map with, like, I think seven, maybe, um, X's on it, because uh, it's got the same amount of dungeons as A Link to the Past, at least at this point in the junction. And I was like, okay, well, where do I go? I mean, I was trying to remember what I did in the first game uh, in A Link to the Past and where I went and what order I went in, but I was like, okay, whatever. I went over to the lake, and I tried to get in there, and I had trouble. So, well, I needed flippers for one, and that was... uh probably more obvious than I would have realized, but the game doesn't 
kind of pointed out to you very easily. So that's kind of a, a nice treat. And even with the flippers, I, I went and uh, didn't really succeed much in finding the entrance to the, to the level or solving that puzzle. So I went, okay, well, let's go to the Lost Woods and see how that goes. And I did find my way into that dungeon. But even then, it's 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 a big maze and there's a lot going on. And I, I, I've been working on it for a couple of days. I mean, I haven't uh, had like long play sessions. I play on the drive to work. Um, uh, and I play on the drive back sometimes, and uh, not while I'm driving, of course. But I, uh, I do have a carpool situation. But um, and then I play a little bit like before bedtime. But I've still been playing that um, for the good or, or better part of the week. That one dungeon. So, um, oh, I want to say one thing about a certain enemy in that dungeon that just creeped me out like crazy. Seeing it in 3D. I mean, it's it's an enemy that's been in a lot of Zelda games, but seeing it in 3D and having it kind of come at you really unsettles me <laughs> so i love that the game's doing this you know yeah. um but yeah once i finish that dungeon i'm just gonna pick a spot in the map and see what happens you know whether i go to the death mountain area or uh or whatever and and in low rule one thing to note is that anywhere that there is like the river in hyrule is now kind of like a empty chasm so you're kind of limited in certain chunks of the world you can't just walk through like you can in hyrule and uh, so you have to find little fissures in the walls, which allow you to transfer between high rule and low rule and, and all that stuff. And so there is a puzzle aspect to the overworld and kind of finding out which one, you know, what fissures to go into. And uh, some fissures will make you, you know, up on a higher ledge when you go through them in the, in the other world. And it works very much like the Dark World teleporting in the, in the Super Nintendo game. But it does it just differently, and uh, but yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's it's my favorite Zelda game, at least 2D Zelda game. Uh, mm. But it's easily my favorite 2D 2D Zelda game, and I'm not even done with it yet, which blows my mind and gets me all excited that Nintendo can still do this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just had my 28th birthday uh, last month, and Nintendo is still, after 24 years of gaming for me, still able to make a new game my favorite. <laughs> you know. Yep. And that's 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 spectacular, and I I really do applaud Nintendo for that, and uh, and actually I mean the new Mario game is kind of like that. Um, I know we were kind of getting into that a little bit about our preferences, but the fact that it can be in your top three, Eric, is just mm-hmm. fantastic, and it makes me so happy to be a Nintendo gamer, proud of the company, etc. Because uh, it means they're doing something right still. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other questions about the game. I don't want to dive in it too much more. Maybe we can on a, on a later podcast uh, once you know other people have played more of it. But. Well, just real quick, you may have covered it. I may have missed it, but um, so when you lose your items that you've rented, how I guess annoying is it to then have to like walk yourself back to rent them again? Or well, if you remember in the link to the past, one of the few options you could ever choose to return to is go to Link's house. Okay. And this isn't really a spoiler, it's a story thing right in the beginning, but that dude who sets up a shop, he sets it up in your house. He knows his target audience. Yeah, he needs a place to be because uh, he's kind of run out from wherever he was at, and so you return to your house at one point before this whole thing happens and, and he's there and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I kind of started just doing this business and... So you you when you die you warp right back to that place, okay. And then you always 
I mean, unless you don't, unless you actively don't pick up rupees, you will always have enough to at least get the items that you needed for that dungeon that you died in. Mm-hmm. So it's really not stressful at all. Gotcha. All right. Cool. And, uh, and I'm curious to see if that character is more than just uh, an item renter. It's you know? Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, speaking of the enemies, though, um, I think uh, Yuga is the name of this of the the enemy that you first encounter, like the main enemy. Um, and I won't go into the story that's happened with him, although it kind of looks feminine to me, but so did Girahim, so, uh, not in quite right. the same way, but, um, but, uh, I'm enjoying the story too, for, for as, it, it is kind of simple and reminiscent of other, other games, of course, but I'm really digging it. And, uh, and I think for, for a nemesis, that, uh, Yuga character is quite, uh, quite a cool one, so. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's that there's that poster which I think is available on Club Nintendo with the um the the image kind of um reflected in the in the water. I don't know if you've seen that I've one. Seen it's that, like, yeah. Yeah, where Link he's looking at the castle and you see Yeah, it's the two it's the basically represents both sides of the worlds. And I think like that image is just amazing and I'm assuming that that's kind of you know, what's captured in the plot of the game, which I assume is very uh, minimal, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seems seems exciting. Well, there's a character uh, who's in the low rule section of that poster that I f- forgot about entirely until I came across him um, in the story where I'm at right now, and uh, so I was delighted to see that. And um, and actually, I I wish I could speak about this, but I I don't <laughs> want to. Um, there was a moment where I was uh, playing, and I was like. So why doesn't Link just die? Like, why doesn't the, the whole story just end right here? <laughs> like, it's it's so obviously could happen because you know when characters like get knocked out or then the mm-hmm. you know the bad guy always talks a lot and then something yep. happens. You know, yep. I mean that kind of thing ends up happening um, at one point. And um, but I was surprised because a, a character I completely forgot about kind of popped in and then the story changed and uh, it just made me laugh because. Just as I said that, you know, like why <laughs> why is this trope even here? And then it's like, oh okay. The game told me to shut up. Oh, nice. But uh, I definitely recommend anyone who is like within 10 feet of 3DS should go out and buy this. And then I guess borrow whoever's 3DS from there <laughs> and, uh, and pop that baby in. If you like Zelda at all, you're going to love this game. And again, I mentioned the graphics. The one thing I guess I want to mention uh, last is that uh, this is a game you want to play with the 3D on for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not playing it too much on the way home. I keep I'm getting car sick for some reason on the way home. Huh. Maybe I'm hungry from the long Just day at work. Just with the 3D or playing in general? Uh, I think it it might be in general, but I think the 3D is not making it easier because you know I can still subtly see things moving past my head and and mm. I feel movement, so I think that's throwing me off. But uh, but even so, you want to play this with 3D, and you want to play with the sound on because the music <laughs> is gorgeous. Nice. The music Bye. is some of my. F- what are you laughing at, Wade? Why would anyone play with the sound off? <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of people play handhelds with the sound oh, off. Oh, well, like you if know? you're in the car with other yeah, people. Yeah, if you're in the car, yeah. Uh, but even some people socially interacting with humans. Some people I've heard, uh, even when they're alone, they just you know they'll put on music or they'll watch TV. Um, and I've definitely watched a little Doctor Who recently while playing some Zelda, but I still have the Zelda on. You know, the, the music on. It's just so good. Yeah. It's not just the. Uh, compositions that are great, and you know there is some reminiscent music of past games, and of course you expect that. 
because that's kind of a, it's almost like Zelda and Hyrule as a land has themes, you know, and then they get reused. And I don't feel like it's a cop out because they do have new themes and, and stuff like that. And then they, they make old ones uh, into new feeling songs, but the instrumentation is wonderful. I mean, it's like, uh, what's the, I should have thought about this beforehand. It's pretty much not like folk guitar, but there is a lot classical. of guitar into it. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of like classical, classical. guitar. Yeah. A lot, I guess, of, a lot I guess of finger picking. I would say so. I mean, I, I'd have to l- listen to it deeper to, uh, to really remember, but yeah, there is a lot of classical guitar influence in there. And even during some of the tense moments, like it's more like that fast classical guitar, you know, and um, it's just a wonderful way to do it. I think there's violins in there. Um, it's not, or- it sounds orchestrated in a sense, but not by a big band or not by, not in the same way the galaxy is orchestrated, but it does feel like live music, even though I don't think it is. So, just wonderful. I don't know. That's one of my favorite aspects of a lot of games. It's the music, and yeah. this game excels at it. So, uh, definitely go and check it out. If you if you love Link to the Past, you're gonna love this. Anyone who was worried about it being too similar or something is f- like freaking crazy. So, um, awesome. Yeah. So I guess Good. we can we can leave it there. If you guys like. Uh, if you guys have any other questions, just ask me. But um, I believe Sir Master Sephiroth is planning the the review for the website, and uh, so hopefully we'll see that uh, you know before year's end. Because I'm curious on what he and other people think. I've been staying out of the thread myself to uh, to avoid wow. spoilers. But <laughs> but yeah, so that ends uh, now playing. We're gonna take a quick break and then jump into a short box art trivia before we get on to uh, the rest of the podcast. So. Stay with us. short break we have a shorter version of box art trivia with only four boxes this time uh for eric to be challenged with Uh, for those who don't know this is a segment of the show that we do on occasion where pretty much joe and i pick out box art uh that we think the guest may know of but may not know intimately and uh and then we just kind of describe it as if we don't know anything about the game which is sometimes harder than you think because you just, you, you know, your brain taps into all these things that you uh, didn't realize you knew. But uh, we just kind of describe it as maybe silly or or straight-faced as we can. And uh, and if and, they uh, get more than half wrong, they have to leave the website forever. Yeah, actually, I, I press a button, their chair goes into a hole that they yep. fall into, and then all, the... Uh, all the all their posts are deleted. Yeah, yeah, Negative World just completely wipes <laughs> itself. Um, we have Lacuna Inc., uh, that company from Eternal Sunshine, we had them wipe their memory of it too. It's a whole thing. It's yep. Um, but well, we they, put it in this fun box art trivia kind of kind of context, and then you know. But if they get all of them, then they take it. Zero's job. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I never closed that all the way before because I didn't want to make the noise, and then uh, it wasn't working for me. But yeah, that. Um, so let's jump right in though, because I don't want to spend too much time because we have so much more awesome stuff to get to. Yes. Joe is going to go first with his first box art. 
And hopefully you and I didn't overlap because we didn't really share this with each other. So so Joe's going to give it, and if Eric can't get it, I'm going to try to guess it. All right, cool. So, okay. So they're both Wii games. Um, uh, this game's box art features uh, there's a fairy in a little bubble. There is the shadow of a young boy. And there is a big, huge tower in the background. I think I know what game this is. Oh, I'm just trying to remember you the do, but you title. Can't remember the title. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You're it's like that game. <laughs> well, I because fi- I figured people would have exactly this reaction. It's that game that like I... everyone heard of, but no one played. So is this Lost in Shadow? That it is. Yay. Hey, I wasn't gonna say that. Ding 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 ding. All right. Oh, you know what? <laughs> you should keep that around. Just I'm, I'm going to. That is I just wish I didn't have to make that weird like click sound every time I open it. <laughs> I think that actually adds something. <laughs> it almost it almost gives you like that split second notice of like oh, it's coming, it's coming. But all right, so great job, Eric. Thanks. One for one. Was it the shadow part that really tipped you off? Uh, the boy shadow, yeah. <laughs> and I remember that tower too. So, did you play that game? I did not. <laughs> It's good. It's a very, very good game, but it, one of the few games that completely overstays its welcome. Like it should have been like a quarter as long as it was, and then it would have been an awesome game. But which is odd to say. But okay, moving on. All right. So on my box art, uh, I won't specify. Well, should I specify the uh, the platform since you did? I don't know. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'll give it as a hint after if you guys can't get it, but. There's a world with uh, nurses and chefs and mushrooms and gnomes and frogs, and there's a whole lively world, and there's a giant volcano with lightning coming out of it. There's a TV, a giant TV on a tower, and above all this, there's a, some sort of a crowned figure and a woman that looks like she's from Candyland, and, uh, and a pissed off cow with an even more pissed off dude riding him and um, <laughs> and that and above all that there's a, a red dragon that looks more like an excited dog than anything what is this what what kind of animals did you say there were uh which ones let's see we have a what? we have yeah. a cow we have a dragon we have some chickens some there's a giant frog Mm-hmm. There's some mushrooms, not that they're animals, but they're animate. Yes. So, birds. Oh. There's a giant cracked egg as well. Below, and in the world below, that's kind of a clue where they are in, in the thing. In low rule? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had an idea at first, but I don't think it's correct. So. Well, well, you can give that out. Uh, I was thinking Little King's story. That's it. What? <laughs> really? That's awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. There's an egg on there. Yeah. There's a there's a cracked egg. I forget what part cracked of the game egg. it's in. But uh, but yeah, there. I don't know if it was a boss or what. But uh, but yeah, that was it. I think the part that made it more obvious was the guy riding the cow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I saved him for near the end. Yeah. But well done. Well done. Two Good for job. two. Two for two. Joe, did you have that one? No, no. 
No, I had no idea what you were talking about. I do, I do own that game. It's a great game. It is a great game. Everyone says it's amazing. I'm not, I guess I'm not like huge. It's a real time strategy, right? Yeah. Or somewhat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I guess that game transcends the genre no matter what, from what I've been told. So I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. It was, it's the reason that I play Pikmin today. It's, uh, it got me into that kind of strategy and mindset. I just loved it. So I, I fully recommend it. Um, Sweet. All right, so box art number three. Okay. Or wait, I'll do ready? it like I used to. <laughs> box art number three. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is also a Wii game. Um, this game has a big gold ring with a gem on it. It's got a kind of a cat-looking, kind of like an anthropomorphic cat sort of creature. And it also has Pac-Man on the cover. <laughs> hmm. Oh. Lord of the Rings Pac-Man? <laughs> uh. No. Nope. Uh, there's... There's a little, like, spherical character. He's got a big old smile on his face. Oh, Wait, well, uh, it's not probably not the one you're thinking of. Though. I'll say this is a this is a remake. This game's for the Wii, but it was a remake of an earlier game, which I think was on PS2. Wow, I can't think of anything. <laughs> oh well, from that hint, I almost think it's like Okami. Mm, no, but that's that's just simply the um the remake thing that's making me think that. Or no, no, or was it remade on the PS2 or something? No, no, I think it was. I think it was originally on the PS2. You okay. said Pac-Man is on the cover. Pac-Man oh, yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah. Okami with Pac-Man. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Well, they had those misprints of those boxes. You never know. <laughs> IGN and Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, all right, should I just tell you guys? Yeah, I have no clue. No. It is Klonoa. Oh, I have that game. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I know what you mean now. He's got the little Pac-Man logo on his hat, right? That's right. Now, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. You guys, here's the sound for, uh, since we have a sound for when you, you know, get the thing right, here's here's the one for the, uh, when you get it wrong, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Come okay. <laughs> Come on, do it. Ah, uh, dang it. I was trying to get the uh, the sound effect when we fit... <laughs> oh, is this the little walker thing? There you go. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, when it can't connect with the Wii, uh, the Wii gamepad. <laughs> Wii gamepad. Sorry, uh, that took longer than I meant. So yeah, I've never played Klon- Klonoa. Oh man, it was such... I really, really liked that game. And I was really hoping that this would lead to like them remaking... Because it was... I mean, it was... Like, they updated some of the graphics and gameplay, at least as far as I can tell. I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, I really, really liked it, and I was really hoping that it would continue on. But, uh, who knows? It must have sold horribly or something, and I guess they just abandoned the whole Klonoa comeback. But I guess was... fans were saying Klonoa to Klonoa. Yeah, I guess they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we can move on to the fourth one, though, if you guys like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, real quick, Eric, since you have the game, like yeah. it or, or dislike it? Oh, I, I love it. It's All a right. great uh, platformer. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. 
right. Box art number four. I can't do it like you do. Box art number four. <laughs> okay. Um, see, so much of this box art is obvious. Actually, you know what? I think... Let me... You know, let me. This is silly. I should have done this before. Let me make sure this is the box art. Okay. Uh, it's, it's art for the game. I just want to make sure it's actually from the box. But it's a high-res version. Okay, it is. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we have, like, a jungle. It looks like a jungle. There's a waterfall, and in, in the waterfall is a shark. For some reason, there's a worm on the path. There's an ant, or maybe it's a termite. Uh, there's a monkey in a tree, and he's next to a gopher with some big eyes. Um, there's a uh, there's a bear, and there's a skull dude, and uh, there's also a red bird, and the the bear and the bird are being chased by a gigantic, pimply, fran- frankly fugly uh, witch. <laughs> and then on her, the hat of uh, the brim of her hat is like a mummy and a skull and a weird green sailor. I don't know what is this game. Uh, I think I know what this is. All right, it's well, not it's not Okami. Yeah, give <laughs> right. you that clue right now. Uh, this I think this is Banjo Kazooie four and sixty four. That's it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> one of your favorite games, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love the Baron Bird. Yep. And actually, I, I think I do prefer the first one over the second. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're both very good, but this one edges it out. It's more pure. The mm. other one's great, grander in scope, which I appreciate, but uh, it also gets a little less tight because it's stretching out so much. But Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you uh, you love this game as well? Oh, I do, yeah. yeah. I, I like for the first and second one on the N64, and yeah, I think... I like the second one a lot too. It's just the grand scope of the game, and there's so much to do. But I kind of see why some would prefer the first if you want something more uh, focused and uh, tighter gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now, what part did you think of Bandicoot? Was it before the bear and bird comments? Uh yeah, I think. Uh, well, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh yeah. But the the jungle, I, I was thinking like a rare game that's sort of like maybe Donkey Kong Country, and then. When you yeah. got the bear and bird, I was like, okay, I think I know which one it is. Yeah, because I did mention the monkey, uh, the, yeah. the little <laughs> monkey that throws stuff at you. Um, I think he throws stuff at you. I know there's the big gorilla that does, but uh, there's a smaller monkey. And um, I wasn't sure if, if when I said the ant or the termite right mm. after the shark and the worm, like if that would have clued you in cause since uh, Mumbles Mountain, that's your first transformation is the termite. But uh, okay, so, you know, three of, three out of four. Three out of four. That's pretty good. We don't have to wipe your memory. Nope. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, and honestly, I didn't know how that whole thing really worked. I haven't looked at the manual of the wiper. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I, 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 you would have called my bluff, frankly, if you didn't get half. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so that was a, a brief version of this. I hope uh, other people at home enjoyed this. And uh, let's take one more quick break, and then let's jump in to talk about what we loved about 2013 in gaming. Hello, 
right, and we're back from our second break here. Uh, you know, let's not delay it any further. Let's just jump right into to what this is going to be about. Um, Eric, Joe, and I are going to take turns discussing the games we've played in 2013, and we're going to talk about our favorites and, and maybe even narrow it down to one. I don't know. But uh, we're each going to lead our own separate discussions to a, to a point, um, but it's just kind of an open dialogue. So uh, feel free to jump in on any of us and say what you got to say. So, Eric, uh, our wonderful guest today, please start us off. Okay. Uh, I'm going to focus on the games I released in 2013, and uh, I played a, a number of them. I'll, I'll say maybe around 15 or so, so I'll start talking about some of my favorites, um, and then maybe pick a favorite from there. Uh, of course, Super Mario 3D World, which we discuss. Uh, and if you can, obviously we know mm-hmm. when you played that one, but uh, yeah. let us know at what point in the what? year you were playing it. Oh yeah, sure. Um, not sure what else I need to say about that game, but uh, also played New Super Luigi U. Uh, mm-hmm. I did play that one soon after they released it for digital download. So uh, I have completed that one 100% actually, and that was a fantastic game. Um, Pikmin 3, which was one of the most wanted games personally for this year. We've been waiting for that for that game for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and another game, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted You. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Yeah, that kind of surprised me that uh, it turned out to be one of my favorites. That one released back in early this year, and it's actually a port of a, a game that came out on the other systems last year, but this was the first time on the Nintendo system, and uh, that that was a great game as well. Um, and then also... Uh, or should we talk about the games now? or? Um, well, I just... Uh, for Need for Speed, because yeah. I don't think too many people are necessarily as familiar with that as some of the other games you mentioned. I know I am not completely yep. familiar with it. Um, just what's sort of like the, the the quick synopsis of the, the gameplay, how you yeah. um, get around it, in that game and the objectives and such? It's uh, So it's a racing game in the general sense, but more specifically, you... Um, you're thrown into this large, open, uh, fictitious city uh, where you can just drive anywhere you want, and you can switch cars. Uh, there's different cars. Uh, they're all uh, based on real cars. Um, like you have all your Lamborghini, Porsche, and uh, your Ford Mustangs. There's a ton of them just like littered throughout the city, and you can just, uh, just drive up to one and swap cars, and you can drive to different points on the map to start a race. Um, because the ultimate objective of the game is to uh, defeat the ten most wanted. That's where the title of the game comes from. Most wanted. There's okay. like the ten, the ten most wanted uh, drivers in the city. They're like the the best. So, but you have to earn your way to, uh, at, like, earn your way to the top to actually like meet them in a race. And then uh, once you defeat them, you earn their car. So that that's the whole objective. Um, and on top of that, in order to race them you have to earn enough what i think they're called speed points they're kind of like uh you earn them by doing various objectives kind of think of them like your side missions while you're driving around the city mm-hmm. and um there's things like just just uh, random stuff like crash through the billboards um and these billboards are just scattered everywhere and if you're going for 100 percent completion you want to crash through all of them so um it's just 
I just found it very addictive because you're always like driving everywhere in the city and there's traffic too. Well, the other part of the game too is that the police can chase you because you're mm. like driving recklessly or driving too mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> so uh, it's very exciting. Like when they're chasing you, you have to outrun them and try to uh, lose their trail and the game will reward you for that as well. I mean, you're always earning these speed points and um, I put in over 20 hours, I think just uh, mm. like after I, I defeated the top 10 drivers, I, kept wanting to play and try to go for a hundred percent and just on top of i know it's not quick synopsis but uh there's <laughs> a, a great online mode as well so that's okay. a great that's a good game yep and are, are you ever the chaser or are you always the one being chased when that oh yeah you know? i don't think you know you can't play as the police so okay. you're being chased yep all right cool mm-hmm. what's your general preference with racing games in general I mean, in how does this kind of fit with that so, you see, this is like a uh, uh, late entry in the Need for Speed series, and I'm not familiar with that series. So this was kind of like a a new kind of game for me. So um, now that I've seen what this game is like, I kind of have to think about that because gener- before I would just say, oh, well, I would just be a, mostly a fan of Nintendo's racing games, Mario Kart, F-Zero, and those were the kinds of games that I would play, but now that I've seen this, this is kind of a different uh, genre of racing games that I can also appreciate. So I'm not sure which one I favor. Um, I guess the more straightforward uh, racing games like Mario Kart have their place as well. And those are a lot of fun, but these are also fun on their own, just having a large city to explore. So, huh. But it was a surprise for me, and I don't think a lot of people in Negative World... Uh, checked it out there was a thread about it um, earlier in the year because this game is uh like a higher the developers went into to the effort to not just port the game but actually uh make it stand out from the other systems it has the better graphics they used the high-end um, pc textures for this game and it really shows it has just amazing visuals so it's a a port well done by a third party <laughs> nice so um, just uh, let me go down the list. Um, the other games I played, Lego City Undercover. I have to mention that. Um, one of uh, that was a great game as well. And I was kind of trying to pressure yeah. you into that one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you. Uh, I think a lot of people talked me into playing that game for a new gamer that Mr. Mustache ran uh, back in November, and uh, that was a great game as well. Um, and there's also Harmonite. For the 3DS eShop. Okay. And I think, uh, actually, Joe, you mentioned that you played the demo of it. Yeah, the demo. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, I reviewed that game, so if you want, check out the review on Negative World. Um, but I, I like that game a lot. And the, the music isn't quite as catchy as I've seen in some other rhythm games. And, but, What's cool about it is that each of the different worlds has their own musical style so that you'll hear different instruments and different, uh, yeah, music genres being represented. So, and it's a bit more forgiving than other rhythm games like, uh, the Bit Trip games. So that's easier to get into, but it's still a lot of fun. How much does it cost? I think when I got it, uh, when I downloaded it, it was $15. Um, and it's like a, I think I put in th- between three and five hours. So yeah, I, I did mention in my review, it's a, a little bit on the 
on the higher side of the eShop games, but I, I felt it was worth it. And maybe there might be a sale, but, um, yeah, that's what, that's what it cost when I, when I got it. Hmm. Um, so there's that game. Um, I think I've just, uh, well, I, let me keep going down the list. Um, <laughs> so there's a Bit Trip Presents Runner 2, which came out this year on the Wii U eShop and, Steven, you reviewed that game, right? I did, yeah. That was probably the last review I, I wrote. Uh, oh, yeah. It's been a little while. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that game's great. Um, I played all the BitTrip games back on WiiWare, and um, this was a, a different take on it, I think. It, they went away from the retro style and uh, made it a little bit more modern, but it played fantastic. And I think there were some flaws, though, with... Um, some people complain about the fact that if you wanted to go for like a perfect score, it depended on luck when you reached the end of the level and stuff like that. But the music was amazing. I I went out and bought the soundtrack for that game. I listened to it every now and then. So <laughs> yeah, actually, I was just listening to it on YouTube um, at work on Friday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it there was a bit of luck involved, um, and I don't know. I I I quickly lost the desire to compete. It it was with me really strong at first, but it didn't last too long. But playing the the levels themselves uh, was really fulfilling because they're so well designed and so fun. Right. And the music, uh, again, I can't express how much I love music in uh, in video games. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to mention uh the one Wii game that came out this year, uh Pandora. Yeah, there's Tower. just one, right? Yeah, I think, or <laughs> one worth one worth mentioning. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Pandora's Tower, which I think you guys talked about in the previous podcast. Uh, Joe, did you finish that game? Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I finished that game as well. I posted a review on Negative World, and if you guys haven't checked it out, I, uh, you guys can take a look at that, or anyone who's interested to see what I thought, but I thought it was a great game. Um, and the very like interesting, mysterious story with some cool Wii remote pointer controls with the use of the hero's chain. Mm -hmm. um, the gameplay mechanics were was what really stood out to me, as well as just like you know the kind of macabre story that's taking place with uh, the the lady <laughs> transforming into the monster. So mm -hmm. it was a, a I liked the game a lot. So so yeah, that Pandora's Tower and then um, Animal Crossing New Leaf, um, which everyone oh, knows about. I've been meaning to get that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you should check those out. You might like those. I heard it was good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think compared to you two, or especially to Steven, it's not as high on my list as some of these other games, but that's just mostly because it's, I don't think it's the, I'm not the kind of gamer who gets into those kind of games as much. Just the kind of game that you play uh, on a periodic basis and it's. I did find it very satisfying. It's just not a game that I come back to um, all the time, though. So, mm -hmm. um, are you still and, playing it today? Uh, it's been a while. I'll have okay. to say that. I, I I've been in, meaning to get back into it, and I just haven't. So, did you get to experience like the Halloween um, holiday or the Thanksgiving holiday? <sighs> no, no. <laughs> I no, always, I even out. when I like set, even when I would like give myself a reminder to do it i i missed both of them oh which sucked <laughs> yeah but yeah so there's that 
I do want to mention DuckTales Remastered. That uh, came out this year as well. Yeah, how is that? I liked it a lot. Um, so I didn't, I was not as familiar with the NES game, but based on what I've seen of the NES game, I know that they've done a great job of updating it and keeping, you know, they're staying true to the original game, but they really updated the graphics and remixed the music. Um, so I really appreciate that, especially getting the sense of the TV show into the game with the voice mm-hmm. acting. And the good thing is all that is optional. If you don't want to hear any of that, you can always skip any of those scenes and just jump right into the game. Um, but so that's all the good about it. The only thing I guess I wasn't too thrilled about is there really isn't much change in this actual gameplay from the uh, NES game. So if you weren't a big fan of it in the first place, then there might not be anything worth uh, you to try out in this other than the the enhancements. So. By that, do you mean is like the level design unchanged? Or? I think it's pretty much unchanged. I don't think they really mm-hmm. changed any of the levels, or I hmm. think the enemy placements seem the same as well. So I know I'd seen yeah. I know I'd seen screenshots where specific you know screens worth of the layout were identical, but I wasn't sure if um you know if that was throughout the entirety of the game or or just certain sections that they kind of like were paying homage or what i'm pretty sure it's it's meant to be an exact recreation right right yeah there i think there is more content than the the nes game like a level or two extra that are designed like but not from the original game yeah i think there was i think there was at least one level like that yeah and was it pretty true to form yeah Mm -hmm. is does that give the game added value because for me, I wasn't really sold on it because of the graphics, uh, the graphical style, for some reason, wasn't sitting right with me. And I know I converted Joe live on air. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. And I felt yep. horrible. But um, but since, though, I continue to be kind of slightly chipped away. Part of me still wishes that I had picked that up yeah. and wonders if that's still in my future. I think I am going to get it at some point. Just, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I want to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> Was well, especially uh, good uh, for me personally because I just never really played the original that much. So was, either way, I was going to be playing a new game, and it's a game that is widely regarded in the industry. So um, mostly everyone talks about the old Ducktales game, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one talks about Ducktales two, <laughs> nope. which I gave a nine point two. That was my first review on the website. I remember that. Really? Yep. Awesome. Yep. It is a good game, just not as good as its original. That is true. All right. I'll just mention a couple of other games. Uh, I also got, uh, this year we also got Toki Tori 2 on the Wii U eShop. Hmm. Like I don't say that with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> like, as if you're a Japanese man saying. Yep. <laughs> Does either of, you got, either of you play that? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I've wanted to, like, but no. I haven't known much about it. I've never been into the series, but it, it seems like it might be something that could catch my eye. I don't yeah, know. it's a like a puzzle platformer kind of game. Um, and even if you played a previous game in the series, this one's a bit different. The other one I played was uh, to- the one on the WiiWare. Uh, with mm-hmm. so this one's what I guess what this one makes this one stand out is that you control your character. It's a two D platformer um, kind of game, and you control your character. He only has like very few moves that he can actually do. Like he can whistle. 
uh, pound the ground and what was the other one? There's something else, but he can't even jump. So you basically have to use these very limited moves to interact with your environment to try to move from one area to the next. And it's very clever the way they've implemented that. Uh, you always have to think differently and no puzzles are going to be the same. So I appreciated that about the game, but I just didn't finish it because I did get pretty far into it, but the puzzles are pretty difficult. And if you have trouble with those kind of puzzles, you're you might be stumped for a long time. And I did rely on Miiverse. That <laughs> Miiverse is very helpful for helping you in a pinch. There's a lot of help awesome. out there. Yeah. So that's cool. But yeah. Um and the last game I'll mention is a game that came out in the three D S eShop, uh Nano Assault X or uh, EX. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's EX or X, but um I think that game was okay. <laughs> I I like Nano Assault Neo on the Wii U that came out last year. Um, mm-hmm. This one has similar gameplay where you're one on some stages you're flying around on a small little planetoid kind of surface, mm-hmm. and you can shoot in different directions. But of course, without dual analog, um, it's a little bit more limited where you shoot. But the other part of the game are these like Star Fox 64 kind of stages where you're flying. Uh, forward, um, like kind of, kind of on rails. And the only thing I didn't like about that is just, I think the game was designed to use the, um, the 3DS, was it the, uh, the, the pro control? With oh, the, okay. So it, I don't have one of those. So when I tried playing it, I just found it very frustrating because you're trying to move your ship and trying to move your cursor at the same time with one stick and it didn't quite work that well. So. I think it would be more fun if you had the, I think, uh, the Circle Pad Pro, I think is what it's called. So, mm-hmm. but it does, it does have pretty amazing visuals, which is not unexpected from that developer. So. Yeah. Yeah. I remember playing, um, uh, Nano Assault, the first one, and yeah, just very impressed by the visuals. Yeah. I think that's my list there. Were there any games that I mentioned that you wanted to ask about or? Um, I mean, some of those do show up on my list yeah. uh, as well, um, like Lego City on the cover. Uh, but I mean, I admit I've been I've been kind of silent because you've been playing some games that I either had not. I mean, it's harsh to say I had no interest in, but um, <laughs> they're just not my taste. Uh, right. So it's it's been interesting listening to you talk about like Need for Speed and and Toki Tori and these games that uh, have just been way off my radar. Right. <laughs> Um, well, that's, that's good that, I mean, everyone, we all have different tastes. There's different reasons different games will not show up on your radar, but that way we can kind of see what everyone else is playing and see what we may have missed. Totally. Yep. And, uh, what would you say is, uh, is your number one game this year? I think everyone knows, but it's Super Mario 3D World. (laughs) Okay. So uh, it's not only your favorite Wii U game, it's your favorite 2013 game. Yes. Gotcha. Most okay. definitely. <laughs> cool. Yep. It's a, it's a pretty good one. Yep. Yeah, I've heard people like it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was going to trail into like some sort of uh, random commentary, but uh, do you have anything else you want to add, Eric, before we move into Joe's segment? Um, nope. I... Do we want to, oh, I guess, yeah, there, I do want to say that there were other great games that came out this year. 
and I even posted a thread about that on Negative World um, that I do intend to play. So the top three games that came out this year that I haven't played yet are Fire Emblem Awakening, The Wonderful 101, and of oh. course uh, The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. So. Ah, yes. All right, sweet. Well, uh, my list is, uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to keep this short, but um, all right, so trying to move kind of chronologically, as you suggested, Stephen. Um, so I think this is the order that I played them in. I've only got, I think, five games on the list, and one of them I don't even own. <laughs> uh, so, yes, first, as Eric mentioned, Pandora's Tower uh, for the Wii, which I think yeah, is my only Wii game on this list. Um, my experience with that, I was... I'm sure I mentioned all this on when we talked about it on the podcast earlier, but... Um, you know, this was probably my most anticipated game from the Operation Rainfall trio, but um, and none of them were bad at all. I mean, I, I liked this game quite a bit, but it wound up being my third favorite from that list, um, simply because I think this game was, you know, just it just plain didn't get the budget I think that the others did, and and that kind of showed a little bit. You know, it it the um. The gameplay ideas, I think, were were very creative and were very well executed, but I just think the game overall maybe lacked a little bit of polish that the uh, the other two it was stacked up next to uh, had. So, uh, yeah, so very good game. Some of those uh, mutations or transformations kind of grossed me out a little bit, mm. <laughs> but the plot certainly was unique. And as I said earlier, it's it's a better Spider-Man game than most Spider-Man games. So uh, they really nailed that part of the mechanics, and that was really very fun and very very satisfying. Um, the next three games you know, I've talked to at length, so again I'll keep it short. But Etrian Odyssey Four, of course, was a huge game for me in 2013. I still. Uh, you know, I, I like basically finished the game, but there's you know just these couple of things that I still have to go back and do to really um, put a bow on it, and that really I think stopped when the when I started playing the next game on the list, which is Animal Crossing: New Leaf. Um, that really distracted me. That that has become my by far most played 3DS game. Um, but uh, fast on its heels is the next one on my list, which is Pokemon X which I think is already my second most played 3DS game, which is ridiculous since it just came out, or I just got it, I think, at the end of October. Um, and then the last one is uh, a game that I do not own, which is Mario 3D World, which, <laughs> you know, just having played it, and, you know, since I don't have a Wii U yet, uh, I, you know, I you know, put five hours into it, which is, I think, as much as most professional reviewers put into games that they review, right? So... Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, all just excellent games, all released in 2013. And um, if I were to, you know, it's really tough to try to pick like a number one from this list. Obviously, you know, it would be extremely close because these are my top five. But um, I would have to give the edge to Animal Crossing by just a little bit. Um, simply because, you know, if, if you look at the gameplay hours, obviously there was something there that kept me coming back to that game more than the others and I think even though Pokemon X is quickly uh, catching up 
as we've mentioned, there are some flaws, some frustrating choices that were made in Pokemon X that I think, you know, weren't there in Animal Crossing. So um, ultimately, no matter how much I play Pokemon X, I think Animal Crossing still still will end up as my game of the year choice for 2013. And, and the other thing that's so pleasant about that is I just wasn't expecting it. I think as we talked on this podcast, Stephen, I was not even sure I would like Animal Crossing. You weren't a believer. Yep. Yeah, uh, and and even when you even when you sort of look at the elements of the game, it is one of those things. You know, not to sound overly harsh, but you know, like Seinfeld, it's almost like a game about nothing. It's like you know, you're just you're just running your town, and you're running your town, and you're trying to get bugs and fish, and you know, in uh, obviously, you know, in all video gaming, it's not exactly like a practical hobby, but there's you know, it's sort of a game that you are completely in control of how much you're going to get out of it or try to get out of it. You know, it's all completely up to you. Do you want to focus on catching every fish? Do you want to focus on, you know, making your house just exactly the way you want it? Do you want to start other characters so you can build more houses? And, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you can approach this game. And uh, I think what really did it for me was when I sort of got it in my head, like, I'm going to turn my house into a hotel. And then I started th- that whole motif. and like, Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and suddenly I had, like, this purpose for, like, okay, I want, like, this kind of a bed because that, that you know, will fit in with that vibe for that room. And then I'm going to collect these sort of, like, kitchen-y type items because I'm making this restaurant area. And that stuff was just really fun. And, and I enjoyed getting surprised by things like when the guy, I think his name is Jack, would show up for around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I ultimately, like I said, unfortunately missed out on the actual <laughs> he was events, waiting for you. Yeah, seriously. With a but, sad pumpkin face. <laughs> <laughs> but just stuff like that, where you're just walking around your town and all of a sudden out of nowhere, this, you know, this character is there that you've never met before. And he's got some new objective for you. Um, and, you know, just even collecting candy during that month. I mean, it was cool stuff. So, so that's my list, and we've talked about those games extensively, so I imagine there aren't any questions. But, uh, yeah. I, I've got one. Um, okay. I guess, uh, let's see, so you've been playing Animal Crossing since how long? Uh, I got it you... July, beginning of July. Okay, so six months. I mean, that's that's a pretty outstanding, you know, thing to, like, come into your life suddenly. <laughs> um, it, it definitely brings a happy tear to my eye to hear you say that that might be your, your number one <laughs> if you had to. Uh-huh. Um, also makes me feel like crap for probably not agreeing with you <laughs> with my own. But, uh, <laughs> That's alright. No, but it, it is a wonderful game, and of course we spent multiple podcasts talking at length about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just happy to hear that. And do you think that you're going to pick up the next one for the Wii U whenever it comes out? Well, I was just I was just thinking if it that comes for the Wii U. I was just wondering if that was where you were going to go with your question. Um. I think I absolutely would, but it depends heavily on when it comes out. Because, first of all, this is a game that I could see myself playing, you know, not every day, but still every now and then for probably another year. I mean, I still go back to when you described, you know, after I sort of played it feverishly for those first maybe three or four weeks. And then I said to you, I was like, I feel like I don't have anything to do. And then you described it as like, well, the sprint has ended and the marathon begins or something mm-hmm. like that. And that I really think is how you're supposed to enjoy this game best. So for me, 
if I'm in that marathon stage, I mean, I plan on being able to come back to this game, revisit it, and have some new experiences for many months to come. So I wouldn't want to, let's say if they announced an Animal Crossing for the Wii U, and even if it was slated for like 2015, I probably would feel that's too soon for me. Mm. Uh, but if, you know, if uh, a little later than that, you know, if I felt like, okay, I've really gotten every drop out of this game that I want to get, uh, yeah, then I would definitely be open to getting the next one. Yeah, I definitely plan to pay attention to this series going forward. That's fantastic. Good, sir. Yeah. So that's it for me. So what about your list for 2013? My list. Okay, well, I played Tetris. and No, <laughs> um, I didn't play Tetris, actually. Uh, I've been keeping a running list of the games that I beat in 2013. I haven't been keeping a list of the games I've played, although mostly the ones I play I beat. Um, Animal Crossing, for instance, is not on this list because there really isn't a beat to it, you know? You can't really win it, so uh, I guess, you know, that's why it's left off. Um, I won't go into detail really about it either because, you know, we have it such length, but I guess to break it down here for you, January, I played Thomas Was Alone, uh, which yeah. was that Steam game, and... Uh, Eric, you're, are you on Steam? Uh, no. Okay. Is there a reason, or did you just never really looked into it? Never really looked into it. I've okay. always been mostly a Nintendo gamer. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's part of the discussion right now with our Secret Santa, is what to do about... Because Nintendo doesn't have gifting options, and so uh, Steam might be a nice way for us to do a Secret Santa, but obviously you won't find Nintendo games on Steam. And that said, though, there's some real gems, and... Uh, and I really discovered that late, I think it was around Christmas last year, and Thomas Was Alone was one of them, and it's it's a platformer with an excellent story, even though you're looking at shapes, and the characters are faceless shapes, mm-hmm. and uh, and I really would recommend it, but it was one of those mind-blowing, uh, okay, wait, oversell it, think, um, <laughs> a, like a mind-blowing uh, narrative experience, even as simple as it was, but it was just so wonderful to play through and to and to hear and it was one of those games like like Zelda is where you have to play with a sound on because it matters and uh, and those games I think are fewer and far between than than most people would hope. Is it not narrated? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nobody speaks. It's all told in terms of like a narrator saying that you know. The, the blocks have names, so I, I forget their names now. But say one was like Gary, you know. Probably, probably Thomas. Yeah. Well, Thomas was yeah. Okay, so fine. <laughs> Thomas is one of them. Yes. I don't remember the other characters. Is what I mean. Um, <laughs> I get. I know. But that's a good example. So it'd be like uh, you know, Thomas thought that blah. You know, it's it's kind of like a whimsical. Yeah, story. I like how it kind of reminds me of um, actually it exactly reminds me of uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. There you go. That's, when, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the little segments in between the talking bits. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, so it pretty much is that. It's the Winnie, Winnie the Pooh narration with, um, with you know, classic and tight platforming. And uh, and each each character has different power-ups and everything. And it was such an awesome experience. And it was relatively short, but I, I wouldn't say it was lacking short. It was just shorter than other platformers I've played. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, oh, that's definitely, that's, you know, I look at my list and that's always been the first and only thing on the January list. And it was the first game I beat this year. And every time I look at it, I get like a warm feeling in, inside me 
uh, for that game. Something about it hit me. Then, in February, I, I beat two games, one of which was Telltale's The Walking Dead, which also gave me an incredible narrative experience. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know I've gone to length on that as well. And I'm so psyched for the uh, Volume 2 or the uh, Season 2 or whatever that's supposed to come out this year um, still. You know, he's got about three weeks left to uh, to see if that happens. But um, The Walking Dead was was a great experience. I'm a fan of the zombie genre. I'm a fan of the series, uh, the comics, the show, etc. But uh, Telltale did an... They had an incredible achievement with, with this, again, in narration. So my year started off with narration being a huge thing. And then we move into Paper Mario, which was a game that actually did come out this year, because the other two games had not. And uh, that was the first part of the year where a game actually felt like it was lacking from my expectations. Mm. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I did finish it, but it was different enough for me that I uh, didn't really care for the changes. I don't know. Yeah, that game is it's a kind of a, kind of a shame because there really was so much height beforehand i feel like i think simply simply because it was another game in in the paper mario series Mm -hmm. and yeah very surprising very rarely i think with nintendo games alone basically uh they usually don't disappoint they usually at the very least the audience they're intended for uh just eats them up right and i think this was a really rare example where not that it was a terrible game i mean i think Mm -hmm. the game reviewed fine and i think fans felt it was fine it's just it wasn't you know it didn't break new ground it didn't it didn't really blow people away the way that most first party games tend to do mm-hmm. you're talking about sticker star right yes it came out in november last year did it really yeah <laughs> oh god why did i think but, that okay you know you're right i remember taking a while to do it so uh let me unitalicize that for my list. And, well, at least um, it sticks to your games beaten in 2013. Yes. It was, and, yeah. and again, that's what this list is. I, I Right before the podcast, I, I highlighted the ones that I thought came out this year. Um, but now you're you're reminding me uh, so embarrassingly <laughs> on the podcast. Sorry, I should have just been like, no, no, there was another one. <laughs> you should have just typed in the little Skype window, hey, you oh, should edit that yeah. out later. Instead, you're just like, uh, yeah. no, it, it's okay. Um and I bet you nothing else. I bet you I didn't play any games that came out this year. Um, no, but let's let's move on and see if I screw up some more. Uh, <laughs> no, well, actually, to go to go to your point, Joe, um, I'm a big Paper Mario fan, and again, I did enjoy this game. But you're right; I was one of those fans who it, it didn't sell to me, and uh, I felt somewhat fatigued while playing it. And then I, you know, in terms of even finishing it, maybe if it had a whole different character, if it wasn't Paper Mario, but like someone else. And then using the whole sticker mechanic and the, that whole thing would have been cooler. And then again, I mean, there was a lot of Mario charm in there that I did love. So it's it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. In March, I had three games. Uh, Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3, uh, Star Fox 64 3DS. So clearly I was playing old games um, mm-hmm. that were newly available. And then Bit Trip Runner 2, which I reviewed as we discussed uh, when Eric brought it up. Um, I mean, not much to say about that game, but it was a highly anticipated sequel to a highly anticipated game. It's the only bit trip, uh, well, the two of them are the only bit trip games I actually really love. And, uh, and I would be totally down with a future bit trip runner game, but, um, but I don't know. It was pretty cool. It, it was definitely filling a void because after the stale, um, 
I don't know if stale is the right word, but after stale Paper Mario, and then I was playing Star Fox and Wario Land, and I was enjoying them, but not nearly as much as I had hoped. And so Bitrip Runner 2 was, uh, was a nice, inviting thing. And then April brought two games, Lego City Undercover and Bioshock Infinite. So clearly, this is a mind-blowing April. Mm-hmm. Because Lego City Undercover is just such a fascinatingly large and uh, content-filled game, and it was so fun, and I love Legos to the core. I mean, besides being a big Nintendo fan, I was also a huge Lego fan growing up. So those two brands have been my favorite brands for toys and, and entertainment for a long time. And uh, and I know... And they came together. They did, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I've just loved, like, Bioshock Infinite for all the uh, bloodshed and... Um, no, actually, that was another game that had a great story as well. Uh, I mean, clearly, Lego City Undercover didn't have that deep of a story, but it was a fun story. And uh, Bioshock Infinite, though, was the uh, conclusion to a wonderful trilogy that started with me the year previous, actually, in October, when I had picked up uh, the first two games and played them back-to-back. And um, Bioshock Infinite is not an experience that I really could have gotten on a Nintendo console. I know a couple of these games I've listed so far are not on Nintendo consoles, and um, I don't play a lot of Xbox. I don't play any uh, PlayStation. You know, Steam on my Mac is the only kind of non-Nintendo thing I really do generally. And uh, But it, it's nice to know that... I mean, obviously, I'm not like a blind, jaded fanboy, and I know that other companies can do things right, but it was cool that I was able to experience something that I couldn't get on the Nintendo console. I really wish it was on Nintendo's console, though. I don't know. I guess because the previous ones hadn't been on it, there was no interest maybe to do that, but I would have bought it on the Wii U mm-hmm. instantly. Didn't stop to... uh, Mass Effect or the upcoming Bayonetta or... What about it? <laughs> as far as games where previous installments weren't on Nintendo oh, yeah. consoles, okay, and yeah. they still... Well, that's a good point. Although Nintendo actively pursued Bayonetta 2. While, right. um, you know, that wasn't going to be on any systems unless it was on Nintendo. So, well, even uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, I want to say. City. Yeah, Batman, yeah. Right. Anyway. Well, then now I'm just pissed at Nintendo <laughs> for not fighting for this. Well, you know, I was going to ask, I mean, do you, think it, do you think it could run on the Wii U? I mean, do you think it's something they could ever Absolutely. put to that system? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's an Xbox 360 game, not an Xbox One. And I don't know how you know, significant that difference between uh, the One and the Wii U are, but uh, it definitely could have ran Bioshock Infinite and ran it well, mm. and uh, the gamepad probably wouldn't be able to be used that well. I, I wouldn't have wanted them to shoehorn some sort of gimmicks into it or anything, but I just would have preferred right. to be able to pop that into my Wii U and play it there and talk about it on Miiverse and stuff, as opposed to um, getting out the 360, which is collecting dust, and you know, playing it, and, and loving it, but then putting it back putting it away. I never did get into the DLC, which I know uh, other people did uh, recently, actually. And that kind of sparked uh, the Bioshock Infinite love uh, some more on the site. So, then we get to May. And I played, well, I played games, but I didn't beat anything. So, uh, that was a very empty uh, month. I was playing a lot of um, what I beat in June, which was Oracle of Seasons, Legend of Zelda. Uh, So I was playing a lot of that, and probably going to... I was probably still... in May. Yeah, in May I was probably still 100%ing LEGO City Undercover. Because I, I did beat it in April, but I actually went 100% of that son of a bitch. 
and uh, I felt really proud of it, even though it probably wasn't necessary. Um, the the thing you get for beating Lego City is not, um, or like for one hundred percenting the game is not anything to write home about. But they don't uh, send you some Legos in the mail. That'd be so sweet! Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> one little golden chase. I would love that actually. That would like, be awesome. Like a golden brick of some kind that had relevance or something. Yeah, um, yep. that would be cool. Shoot. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so in June I beat uh, Oracle Seasons, and that was. That was just because it was out. I don't uh, remember. I know that we did do it for what was the August retroactive or July's retroactive. We had two months of retroactive, and that those were the games for it. And I think that was July and August. Uh, but yeah, so I beat the Oracle series. Um, jumping ahead, I beat Ages in August. Um, jumping to July, we had New Super Luigi U. I wanted to wait to buy the disc copy because the art, the box art looks so good, but I couldn't yeah. resist. And Green part me, box. Part of me still wants to buy it, but it'd be thirty dollars that I wouldn't use, you know. Right. So it just doesn't. I just can't justify it. In fact, when I go um, to my girlfriend's hometown, we we end up going to Myers like every time we go out there, and I always see it. We always walk through that section, and I always see it, and I'm like, I should just buy it right here, right now, and then I don't. I assume Myers is a local video game store. I should probably clarify that. I forgot. We're talking um, <laughs> across the country here. It's no, not, it's not Myers, your buddy. Myers is like Walmart before Walmart. Whoa. And, okay. uh, and it's a big how, chain in the Midwest. How evil are they compared to Walmart? Um, less. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're as evil as Walmart. Uh, nice. I don't know how big they stretch, though. I mean, Walmart I mean, that's like a... Walmart is Ganon. It's just a, a masses power <laughs> and then does evil things, and Walmart's <laughs> more like uh, maybe it's more like King DDD. You know, he's it's big, it's powerful, but it's also kind of dopey and <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, they're starting to install gas stations in some of them, which have good prices for that. So I do appreciate Meyer. Um, anyway, that was the most exciting part of the podcast. I'm sorry to move <laughs> on from that, but. Uh, so jumping to August, we had you know our Oracle of Ages. I played Telltale's The Walking Dead 400 Days, which was a downloadable content like middle like just stopgap between the first and the and the one coming up, and that was cool too. It, it was shorter and not really designed to suck you in as well as the first one. But the real disappointing part of that, as I've said in the podcast, was how uh, in transferring my from one iMac to my new one, I just neglected to apparently save some local data. Uh, from Steam that I thought was in the cloud, so I didn't think to do it, but apparently it was not, so I lost my save file from the first one, and, and the DLC references that to some degree. Apparently not very deeply from what I've been told, so it really didn't matter in the end. I, I still got to experience the game and, and the stories, but the Season 2 that's coming out will reference both of them, so now I kind of want to go back and play The Walking Dead, the original, uh, just to almost recreate my experience the way I I can play the new one with the true experience that I would, would get. And I don't know how important that is. Uh, I can't really bring myself to spend time, especially with all these awesome games out right now, to replay all of The Walking Dead, all five episodes, because uh, they did take some time. They were like two hours each. And huh. I would actually want to like not just rush through it. I'm not going to sit there and just click things. you know. I, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play. But uh, August also brought Pikmin 3 which was my first Pikmin ever, and so that was quite a new experience that I totally loved. And it also brought some uh, 
it's a multiplayer Pikmin action with my girlfriend, and she totally loves the series, and it was really great to bond with her over that. Because none of the other games in the, in the list, besides maybe Star Fox 64, did she love and get to experience as well. And, oh, well, okay, she did love LEGO City Undercover as well, but she played that after me. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a thing where I was kind of just, you know, cheering around, but we weren't really playing together. But Pikmin, we played right. together. She had loved the series before me. And uh, so that was really nice. You know, it was a it was a fun experience, and it was short. I wished it was longer, but there's always Pikmin 4, right? Ten years from now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be announced next like next month, but it'll come out in ten years. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, and then the last game that month was Pacross E2, which is, I guess, the second in the Pacross E series, and uh, clearly the Pacross E game must have came out last year because it's not on my list. But I was so psyched when they finally announced that as yeah. games. Educate me on this because I feel like I I don't I haven't paid close attention to it. I I did like the Picross DS game, yeah. um, though I didn't. I, I can't remember exactly how far I get got. I know I didn't finish all of the puzzles, but mm-hmm. I think I I think I got most of the way through. And then I know that there was like this you know really big push for like I guess there was a 3DS eShop one that uh, what it was out yeah. in Europe so, for a long time or something. And so pretty much. Were like, uh, Where is it? Mario's Pacross came out on the Super Nintendo, and that was, I guess, Nintendo's first foray into Pacross. And I didn't experience it until it was, a, you know, released on the eShop at the start of the 3DS's life. It came out on this Game Boy, right? I thought it was, you know, maybe it is Game Boy, yeah. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, I I don't know. I thought it was Super Nintendo. But You know uh, who I bet knows? Google? Wikipedia. Wikipedia? <laughs> Feel free to look while I talk, then. Um, yep. But uh, either way, Mario's Pacross came out. There might have been multiple iterations of it. And then I didn't hear anything about it until Pacross DS came out, like you said. And I've beaten that game 100% twice over. Uh, I mean, there was a time where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to clear the cache and just start over because it's just too fun. Mario's um, Pacross, Game Boy and 3DS Virtual Console. Okay. All right. So it is a Game Boy game. Um, I guess that would make sense that it would be a Super Nintendo game now that I think of it. Uh, considering the graphical quality and it's releasing on the 3DS when it did. You know, they were just releasing Game Boy titles. Okay, touche. You've corrected me twice now in the past (laughs) 10 minutes. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, it's it's an important distinction. Um, So there was that game, then there was Pacross, then Pacross 3D, which was an interesting take on the series. Um, I believe Infinity Wave was the guy behind a really awesome Pacross website inspired by Pacross DS. And uh, and then Japan had a Pacross E series, which was new to the 3DS, and they just kept pumping them out. There's like I think four now, uh, maybe five, and there was a year and a half gap between when they when Japan got it and when we did, and I just never understood it. It would be so easy to translate a handful of text, you know, the names of the puzzles, pretty much, and then just give it to us and let us pay money. Right. And so there was a lot of people on the forum, including myself, who were just frustrated. And I mean, I would tweet about it pretty much weekly to Nintendo and ask them where it was. And uh, then one day, there it was. And then they've been releasing them pretty regularly since, because um, Pacross E3 came uh, a few months later after that. You know, Stephen, you may have been thinking of Mario no Super Picurosu, which was released for the Super Famicom. Okay. 
then that you, you were probably thinking of that game. I probably was. Yeah, I thought they might have been the same one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wonder if that did that come out before the Game Boy one, or was that uh, this says '95 and Mario's Picross it was like '92. I thought right. Well, in Japan, also the Game Boy '95. Oh, okay. Huh. Now, now I have to go to months. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, Picross is a great puzzle game that you know isn't platforming based. That it's just it's it's more like a pen and paper type puzzle, but it's really cool. And I love Nintendo's spin on it because there's typically, uh, at least in Picross DS, there were so many cool like Nintendo themed puzzles. It was so rewarding for a Nintendo fan. Um, September, there was one game, Mario Golf, for the Game Boy uh, Color. Eh, it was an art experience. I didn't really get into it. I didn't get into the RPG elements of it, so, you know, I probably lacked the experience that I could have got had I picked it up when it first came out. October was a silent month where I was playing games, but did not complete any. Um, until November, which was three, and that was, uh, Picross E3, which was just more of the same, more or less. They had a different mode, and I forget which one was in which... Uh, which games, but the special modes are pretty cool. And then obviously the big one was The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, mm. which uh, I played throughout October, but didn't finish till November. And, uh, and you know, I wasn't sold on that back when I saw the demo at Best Buy back in the summer, but when I played it, I was like, okay, this is worth my money again. The game, mm. the game is a really fun Zelda game, and it looked great in HD, and I kind of see why people were so hyped about it. Uh, back yeah, a few months ago. And then last, uh, we come to the end of my list with Kirby's Adventure for the NES. I played that for wow. New Gamer. I did complete a Kirby game, and hmm. uh, cool. it was alright. <laughs> I'm still not sold on, on the series. I still think did Kirby's... Did you a... play it on Virtual Console? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, I think Kirby's a great character. I think King DDD is a great character. I think Meta Knight's a cool character. I just don't think the games are that fun. I don't know. Like they were, but they can be. I think the control is frustrating because of how awkward and slow Kirby moves, and uh, I think that's kind of what undoes it for me hmm. overall. And I've seen that gameplay show up time and time again because I mean that is what Kirby's about. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think is it mostly is it the floating like the when he kind of like puffs up and kind of flies I mean that, that the yeah. part is. You, it's hard to kind of land wherever you want because you're kind of floating, you have a trajectory and then you just can either kind of can drop or you can go where you want, but it takes too long and none of the enemies are slow. They're all, I mean, not that they're fast either, but they're just, uh, you know, you, you do have a lot of things flying at you sometimes and, uh, in certain levels or certain instances, um, a lot of cramped corridors. So that's kind of weird too was, you know, you have all this, this great ability to float and do all this sort of thing. And yet there's a lot of tight spaces. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just don't click with it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe they'll never do it. But uh, what might be interesting is if they kind of used that and maybe had some levels that were really um, not necessarily tall, but, you know, expanded beyond the height of the TV screen. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was some motivations to explore that yeah. way. That could be kind of cool. I did find the the weapon system to be kind of cool. With yeah. uh, inhaling the different characters and stuff like right. that, um, I found the at the end bosses. It's kind of like a a gauntlet. I think three different battles, and that gets really hard compared to the game itself. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of almost unfair, but 
Yeah, the very last, uh, yeah, that can get kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, re- relative to the rest of the, the game. very easy yeah. game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so if there was some sort of middle ground overall, I think I would have found it more satisfying. But yeah, so those were my games. Uh, December obviously is not over. Um, I'm hoping that, especially once the, uh, I, I get a lot of time off for the holiday through work, so I'm hoping to, uh, finish Zelda and Mario. At least, you know, the end credits, if not, probably won't be able to complete them 100%, but I plan to. And, uh, and then I don't know, whatever's in the future, you know? There's a lot of games coming out next year, and we'll save that for another podcast, but, um, yep. With 18, maybe up to 20 if I beat those two games. Um, yeah, that's a, I think that's a pretty good year for myself. It adds ups and downs and everything, but uh, but still, I, I love being a Nintendo gamer, and, and and that's kind of what that list does show. I played a lot of the, the hits, so to speak. I, you know, I haven't really dabbled into a lot of the uh, more niche games, and that's kind of my, my MO anyway, but I'd like to change that. That can be a resolution for the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as my favorite game of the year, um, I don't know. It is a hard choice. I, I've always hated this decision. Um, Thomas Was Alone, honestly, is right up there. Uh, but that's not a 2013 game. So um, let's see. I mean, looking at the list, I have Bit Trip Runner 2, Lego City, Bioshock Infinite, New Super Luigi U, uh, Walking Dead 400 Days, Pikmin 3, Pacrossi E2, Pacrossi 3. And Wind Waker HD, and then of course Animal Crossing, which I've got over 450 hours in right now. <laughs> um, wow, that yeah. is way more than me. Actually, it's probably a week or two ago. I just looked, and it was uh, like 444. I just hit that magic number, and uh, I was like, "Wow!" So that is something. I think I may be at 250, and I thought that was like <laughs> time for intervention, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> but <Yep>. um. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, again, this is games I beat, so that's kind of a weird list. My game of the year right now is The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the games that I've beaten and had a chance to experience fully, I would probably say... Drumroll, please. Probably Lego City Undercover. Lego City Undercover! Yeah, that was just... It was so fun. I had a smile on my face you know, a mile wide every single time I booted that game up. It's been fun to watch my nephew play, and and he actually, you know, does pretty well at it, so uh, it's it was a great accomplishment for me as well, you know, getting 100% in that. So overall, that's got to be one of my most memorable experiences this year. Cool. So, I mean... Yeah, I definitely want to play that game. Um, it's it's definitely on my list one of these days, I just think it looks it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a very charming game. Mm-hmm. It is. There is a lot of charm. That's a good word for it. Um, and those are the games that always kind of make me happiest. Like, Thomas Was Alone is a charming game. Uh, Lego City Undercover is a charming game. Um, new, or, uh, not New Super Mario. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is a charming game. So, I don't know, I think those might be my favorite my favorite game genre. Mm-hmm. Yep, a, char- a charming platformer, or a charming—I don't know—or a charmeleon, or a charmeleon. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they can be charming, I guess, as long as you uh, don't sit cl- too close to the flame. <laughs> then they're just a charring. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, 
uh, I guess you guys have anything you want to add or say, or should we just kind of wrap this up? No, I think so. We got uh, two 3DS games that were unique to each other, and a uh, one Wii U game out of the three of us, right? For yeah, if we had to pick a top game, so that's mm-hmm. pretty good. At least you know it says something when we're not just all like, well, obviously this one game was the only right. one, right? So, <laughs> yeah, and I do like to hear how varied our, uh, you know, our what we've been playing has really been. Sure, we played some of the same ones, the good, you know, Nintendo, uh, like big ones, you know, but we play very different things in in between. Yep. So I think to, we're recording this on the seventh. I think tonight is the uh, video game. The Spike mm. TV video game, long commercial, whatever you want to call it, um, of which 3D World is up for Game of the Year. So, I don't know, could, could be interesting. Reggie's supposed to make an appearance, we don't know what's going to happen there. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, not, I'm not putting a lot of faith into that one. Well, he might have some you know, awkward delivery of some news that we already know. Wouldn't that be worth tuning in for? Maybe some spoilers for a game we can't wait to experience. (laughs) Uh, I'm not bitter. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how that turns out. We will see. Yeah. I I don't don't pay much attention to that kind of thing, especially when Spike's involved. Nor should you. Spike (laughs) is like the IGN of television to me. I don't even know if Spike knows what it is. That's true. It is going through an identity crisis right now. Yeah, especially now it's G four is too. Yeah, even now this uh, this year it's the VGX. It's not the Video Game Awards anymore. Hmm. Like I think FXX already got to that. But um, yeah, so uh, I guess we can just wrap this up. Um, Wrap it. I did want to do a (laughs) shout out to uh, to our buddy Matthew uh, Triforce Bun for succeeding. And yes. your Kickstarter. Yep. yep. I'm really looking forward to saying uh, at this time next year that Tadpole Treble is uh, you know one of those games I beat. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hopefully it's on Wii U, but it might have to hopefully. be on uh, Steam or whatever, PC, Mac. I'm not sure how he's handling yep. the online, if he's going to go through Steam or not. But yep. uh, I'll be I'll be a, a proud friend regardless. Definitely. Thanks uh, out there to everyone listening for listening to us and uh you know we do we do this as regularly as possible <laughs> and um i know there's you know been a, the occasional drought with us as well and uh but we're we're happy to continue doing this and 2014 is going to be another great year of gaming and we're going to be there to cover it all ain't that right joe oh yeah yeah um so please continue to join us as guests um you know we're very happy that eric was able to join us today and Yes. Uh, we love we love talking to people besides ourselves. So. Yeah. Now Eric, you're going to stick to your once every 23 episodes, right? So uh I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> I, I think I can break that pattern. Oh, okay. No, I mean episode right. 80 is going to be a huge episode. <laughs> so you might want to be there for it, but you can stop by sooner if you like to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I mean with our work ethic and availability, I mean episode 80 is going to happen like in March, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to knock that baby out. March 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, th- uh, this does wrap up another episode of the show. Um, please comment on what you've heard. Uh, criticize our our 
you know, lists uh, or complement them. And you can do that all at negativeworld.org. Uh, you just got to find the thread associated to this episode. If you don't want to subscribe to Negative World, you can reach us through the Facebook page. You just got to search for negativeworld.org. Or you can follow us on Twitter at negative underscore world. Um, you know, I always encourage you to subscribe to the Enhanced Podcast. I know Eric does. And uh, so, you know, we, we do put some effort in there for people, and I always appreciate them. So uh, hopefully you all do too. All right. Uh, join us next year and check out the Euphonic Podcast that is either out or will be out. And uh, have a good one. Later. Later. I just literally waved for some reason. <laughs> Bye. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. You got it. It's the Mario. Do the Mario. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step. And then again, let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now, just like that. Deek.